Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. You know, the weather's changing a little bit, and I think it's a perfect time to talk about our pastures and how they start changing in the fall, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think, I mean, we'll broadly talk about pastures because they're so different across different parts of the U.S. And then, of course, if we have people visiting us from other parts of the world. But I think the biggest takeaway for everyone is to just realize that if pasture is a large component of your horse's diet, there are some changes going on. And to just be mindful that maybe we need to make some other adjustments to go with that. There, that's the thing. There is so many factors that can go into this. And, you know, it's hard to just give a blanket podcast. So, so for our audience, please bear with us. But, you know, think about where you are in the world and how some of this could apply to you. But maybe we could just go through some of those factors, you know, that may determine when their pastures will start to change. You know, I'm thinking the first one's location, right? Yeah, absolutely. And even talking about, depending on where you live, the composition of your pasture would be really different. So if you lived in the Southeast, for example, the majority of your pasture is going to be warm season grasses. And those really thrive when it's warm. So in that part of the country, you still may be pretty warm and you're not really seeing your changes yet. They're going to come a little later compared to like I'm in Ohio, for example, or if we're talking about further north, say up into New England or the upper Midwest, where we are, you know, the days are getting shorter. The temperatures at night are getting lower. We're primarily cool season grasses. So we might be seeing kind of a bump in production in our pastures, but in not too long, they're going to turn brown and go dormant and we'll be past pasture season here. So it does depend a lot, especially depending on location. I just, when I think of it, right, I always go back home to Florida and, you know, it always seemed to be green year round in Florida. We, We didn't have, unless we were in a drought or something, which was rare, but thinking about you in Ohio or Michigan, I'm also thinking of the weather, you know, can you kind of talk about how the weather might influence pastures? Sure. So you kind of have a couple different things. You're going to have your temperature, for example, and depending on if we're cool or warm season predominantly, that's going to impact your growth rates. So if you have pasture that's going to be warm season, that's really going to thrive when you have high air temperatures. So roughly 85 degrees and above, which correlates to higher soil temperatures. That's what the grass really cares about is your soil temperature. And that's above about 60 degrees. So when you're talking about Florida, a lot of it is warm season grasses. You could have some improved cool season grasses that will thrive kind of as your temperatures dip. But there, you know, a big thing is going to be how much rainfall you get. So anywhere in the southeast, for example, as we head further north, it generally tends to have, you know, pretty good rainfall, but it can vary year to year. We can absolutely have drought conditions. And then in those places, you're thinking about what is the temperature doing? So your cool season grasses will kind of 
go through a fall growth period because they probably were depressed in growth during the summer, unless you live like really, really far north because the temperatures get too warm for those cool season grasses. So those are going to be things like uh, fescue, uh, timothy, rye grasses, orchard grass. There's a whole bunch of them. But those are going to do best when it's cooler. So they're really lush in the spring. And then in the fall, as our temperatures dip a little bit, you're going to see increased growth. That's going to be dependent on your rainfall and your temperature. So if you have a year where you get a, you know, unexpected early cold snap, that could mean your fall grazing is up really quickly. If you live really far north, maybe not too long from now, your grass is going to be covered in snow. It, it changes very so much. Um, your elevation, I mean, all of these things are going to impact what your specific area is doing. But broadly speaking, you have kind of if you're, I don't know, Midwest, New England, mid-Atlantic, you have this slump that occurs in the summer because your cool season grasses don't love the cold. And then we go into fall where they increase a little bit. It is similar to spring. I mean, we can have those cold nights and warm days that, you know, really increase sugars. There's a lot of things going on in the fall and it's very dependent on the area. Right. So like during, just to recap, like during the summer months, your cool season grasses, and we'll get to legumes here in a minute, die off because it's just too hot. And then that's when your warm season grasses are, are doing really well. And then again, when it cools off the warm season grasses and legume plants die off and those cool season ones emerge. Well, and I would say, depending on the type of variety we're talking about, a lot of times they don't mm -hmm. actually die. They just become less productive and right, essentially right. go dormant. Um, you do have some that, you know, you would plant as an actual crop and they're going to die each year and you'd have to replant. But most of our pastures are actually, they just go dormant for those periods of time. That's a great point. You're right. I got to be careful I say that. They don't die <laughs> be, off. It's, be <laughs> careful with your words, Chris. No. <laughs> Yeah, Just well, want, you know, true, point of true. point of clarity. Yes. Yes. No, very good point. Good point. Good point. Now, differences between warm season legume plants and our cool season. Can you just briefly talk about those? Good question. So cool season legumes. I mean, clover would be the most typical one that you would see in a pasture blend. Those like the cooler weather as well. Uh, alfalfa is another cool season legume. I think we more typically see that raised for hay production, but it could theoretically be in a grazed pasture. And they're going to be a bit depressed during the summer and then really come on in the fall until temperatures get too low and they die off. I will say, maybe you can answer this. I can't even think of a warm season legume off the top of my head other than soybeans, which is not something that we graze. No, you're absolutely right, Nicole. There, there, there just is not a lot of warm season clovers. They if, if, try, you know, again, I'm not an agronomist, but remembering clovers tend to do okay in warmer weather, unlike alfalfa uh, and other legume plants that, that will uh, go dormant, not die off, but go dormant, where <laughs> our clovers have a little bit longer growth cycle. But you're right, there isn't a specific warm season one. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say at least the clover and improved pastures in the part of the country I live in, they, I mean, during the heat of the summer, they do really back off. So 
dependent. If you have a strong interest in this, I would say your local extension agronomist would probably be a really helpful tool that could maybe help you with some information specific to your region because we're just uh, horse people who play on the <laughs> agronomy side. <laughs> Yes, we pretend. We pretend. Uh, we just, you know, is that a good hey? Yeah, okay, feed it. But basically, so I know. But as these pastures transition, so if you can kind of describe for the listeners what you would expect to see late summer, early fall, and then that early fall to mid fall period, what visually should we we start to see? And I know again, so much variability, but. You know, if we can say a general, the lower latitudes, the, the the southern part of the United States versus, you know, up in your neck of the woods, you know, the more northern states, kind of what what should we expect to see in that transition period? Yeah. Yep, that's a good question. So if we are talking about the southeast, honestly, through what we traditionally think of fall, your warm season grasses are usually provided you have enough moisture rocking and rolling, the temperatures are high enough, you don't really see a lot of change in your warm season productivity until honestly, what would be winter in those parts of the country, because that's when your temperatures really drop if we're thinking all the way down like Florida, for example. If you are in a transitional area, there are some places that there are warm season and cool season grasses. If you're in that transitional part of the country, as we move into fall, the productivity of your warm season grasses is going down. Your cool season grasses is going up. If you are in farther north where we're just really growing cool season grasses, you're going to see productivity increase. It's amazing. I mean, we were dry here uh, for a large part of the end of the summer, but we've had some rain. The temperatures have cooled off and things have really greened up. And there's been a lot of growth. So what happens is you're really going to see your pasture productivity improve if you have moisture because they just like those temperatures better. So you might have seen horses if pasture was their predominant forage source through the summer into the fall. Sometimes you see them lose a little bit towards the end of the summer because your pastures are grazed down. The productivity is down. The nutrient density is down in those cool season grasses. But as the temperatures start to decrease, that grass gets a little bit happier, increases productivity, you see things green up. Horses might even gain a little bit of weight in the fall if they're primarily relying on pasture during that time. Now, to kind of take this a little bit further, when would you expect to start to see our fall pastures start become becoming unproductive? You know, they're not growing as much. They're getting ready to kind of go dormant. Uh, again, so much variability yeah. where you live. Yeah. So there are years that if you live further north that we're going to start seeing that in a couple weeks here. So we're talking um, in the beginning of October. You know, there were years I lived in Minnesota where beginning of November, my pasture was brown because your temperatures dipped such that those plants went dormant. If you live kind of middle of the country, that transitional zone, you may have good grazing that lasts through November, maybe even into early December. So the things that you're going to be looking for just to be mindful would be the height of the plants in your particular pasture. So we really don't want to graze them super low. 
four to six inches is kind of a nice guide. You don't want to definitely go below four inches. You're also going to want to look at the color. So if it's been cold and all of your grass turns brown, it's dormant. And a couple different things happen when it's dormant. One, it's less nutrient dense. So even though the horses might be out there and they might be busy all day, they're not getting as many nutrients, specifically calories. So we may need to start thinking about how are we going to provide those calories in a different way? And the other thing in terms of your actual pasture productivity, when you're grazing on that dormant grass, it's a lot more delicate. And if you graze it too short and damage your root system, that can impact the long-term productivity of your pastures. Now, if you have like tons and tons of acres, you probably don't notice that. A lot of us don't have that luxury and we're managing horses on smaller acreage. That's where really being mindful of monitoring the changes in your pasture in the fall, removing the horses when either you've grazed too low or your grass becomes dormant is going to serve you well year after year to maintain that pasture productivity. That's all good advice. Now, my question, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I got my fall pastures, I'm in Minnesota. It's November. How do I prepare for that time period where I really don't have much of a pasture to graze on? So, I mean, perfect world, we would have some sort of dry lot so that we can move our horses off the pasture, but they could still get outside, have some movement, and we transition them onto hay. So ideally, as your pasture productivity is going down, you're going to start offering hay. One of the challenges is that some horses, you might put out lovely hay and they would rather go eat those little brown shoots of grass in the pasture. Always. So no, They always do it. They always do it. I know. So one of the things that you're going to have to be mindful of is when you make that transition, it's much easier to transition from grass to hay than it is from hay to grass. But ideally, we're going to have that transitional period because we know that's best for the digestive health of the horse. Some horses need a little bit more management during that time because they may have that strong preference to eat your dormant grass over a really nice flake of hay that you put out for them. It, it always seems the, the horse, you've got this beautiful hay and they're out there nibbling on, pulling up the roots. You're like, what are you doing? Oh, you got to love them. It's just some final tips. Are, are, is there anything, any advice we can give to help our fall pastures be more productive. And again, and I would just reinforce what you said, you know, reach out to your, your local extension specialist. I think sometimes as horse owners, we don't realize that resource is available to us. It, it, your taxes pay for it in the United States, you know, or, or wh whatever you have in your country, they will come out, they'll walk your pastures. They will help you to your area of the world where you live or where you live in the United States they will give you some of the best advice on how to keep your pastures productive. But what are just some general tips we can give? One of the things beyond, you know, being mindful of when we pull the horses off, how close we're grazing the pasture is that ideally, if you're going to rely on pasture to be a significant portion of your horse's diet, we're going to have to have some inputs. So it's obviously going to vary depending on your area, but fall is often a time that we might think about doing some overseeding, fertilizing. You know, we definitely want to take soil tests so that we understand what additional nutrients that pasture might need. But there are definitely some places where you're really just treating the pasture as an exercise area. So you're not as worried about 
pasture productivity, things like that. But pasture can be a very economical and great addition to your horse's diet. But it does take some intensive management to make sure that we are supporting those pastures. So this is a good time of year to think about what inputs do I need to use in order to make sure next year I have nice pasture. Right. And a final question I have as we wrap this up, you see this quite a bit in the literature and then different articles talking about the first fall frost. Can you kind of just address that, like why that would be a concern? Good question. And it's actually not just the first fall frost. It's anytime we have these fluctuations in weather while the plant is still productive. So just like what happens in the spring, when we have warm, sunny days, but cool nights, so under about 40 degrees Fahrenheit, your cool season grasses, for example, they will accumulate sugars during the day. Normally, they'd use those sugars to grow overnight, but when those temperatures dip at night, they're not able to. So you have that sugar accumulate, and it could be day after day. It could be that one cold frost that does it, but we can see fall laminitis occur because those sugars accumulate in the grass, same as they do in spring. It's a little bit less common to have issues, but it's still absolutely a concern. So we want to think about, especially if we have a metabolic type horse, being very mindful of their pasture intake this time of year. Some metabolic horses really shouldn't be on pasture at all, but maybe you're maintaining them with a grazing muzzle, but you'd be want to, you would want to be very careful when we have these warm days and cool nights that we don't have that accumulation of sugars that leads to that big insulin response, which can lead us down the path to pasture laminitis. And then would you agree with what some of the experts out there are saying is when you do have those, those frosts, you know, that's when the temperature drops below freezing to keep those horses off that pasture for seven days, especially those metabolic horses. So that's an interesting question. I think it's difficult to give an exact number of days because pasture is dynamic. So, and weather is dynamic. So potentially you could have a frost and then have a couple warm days and that pasture might be good to go really quickly. It may not be in more than seven days. So I would, I would recommend best practice if we're managing those type of horses that once we're into that type of weather, we just remove them from the pasture or, have very, very short amounts of access wearing a grazing muzzle just because I think it, we, those type of very set, this number of days, my pasture is safe. They make us feel good, but because it's such a dynamic situation, I wouldn't want to rely on that as my way of managing those horses. Cause I think that's just taking on a lot of additional risk. No, yeah, no. It, it's interesting to hear your opinion on that and and with your expertise. If this is inducing anxiety in anybody out there listening, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, there is a lot going on. Like you said, I, I think the word that really sticks with me is dynamic. There is a lot of dynamic changes going on. So if you feel overwhelmed with the information, please reach out to the tribute team. It's free advice. It, that link is always in our show notes, you know, a great team there back home in Ohio that, that can answer any questions. If they can't, they will put you in the right direction. And again, just to reiterate your local extension office is a great resource too, but 
I think we'll leave it at that, Nicole. Thank you so much for all the advice you gave. It, it, it's wonderful. Yeah, you are very welcome, Chris.